0: And welcome to this bonus episode of Have Another Cover. My name's Daisy Williams and this week I will be talking to Tom Blumberg and Charlotte Newton-John. They are the creators of Ellipsis Lockdown series, a brand new series that's out now on YouTube. Now the story follows journalist Caleb, who unfortunately has lost his job due to the coronavirus pandemic. But, while he's in lockdown, he still wants to carry on reporting and making videos as much as he possibly can. So, when his mum asks him to help with her school project, he agrees and discovers a photograph of a stranger. Now, this discovery takes him down a path he definitely wasn't expecting. Caleb is played by Tom Blumberg, and by his side is Charlotte Newton-John, who plays his cousin, Kelly. And they both go on this journey to discover a lot of secrets that they didn't know their families had. During this interview, we'll talk about where the idea came from, what the challenges were creating a series during lockdown, and what the duo's plans are next. I hope you will enjoy. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Awesome. Well thank you for joining. This is really fun. Thank I have you. a kind of ellipsis collab going on. Yeah. So I think we should start with basically. Tom, mm-hmm. where did the idea originally come from?
1: Um, so I had an idea to make a podcast about a really long time ago actually. It was when I was working it's when I was working in London on Billy Elliot as a dresser. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like six, seven years ago. Um, I had this idea to make a podcast uh, and the story was very different at the time. And then I, for years and years it's been the back of my mind, to just like, just get it done, get it done, get it done. And I haven't, I just haven't had a chance to do it. And, um, and then lockdown happened and I was like, <laughs> this could work. Yes. And I just thought rather than it being a podcast, it might work. I mean, we, originally we talked about not even putting it on YouTube. We talked about it like having maybe like a web page where we would release documents and things like that to tell the story. And then we realised actually it was probably better if like the WhatsApp conversations and things that we used to tell the story in some bits were like a video. So then we were like, well, actually, YouTube makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we just adapted the story for lockdown, really.
0: And at what point did you um, sort of join the production team, Charlie, um,
2: in, the, in the, if I can call <laughs> you that? <laughs> I mean, it's it's just me and Tom. So it's a huge and sprawling production team. <laughs> um, I think it was it was quite early on. Tom came to me and said that he wanted to do. I mean, it's it's classic Tom that when given a lot of time off, he <laughs> would do something. Yeah. Um, Tom is always keen to have a project on the go, and I think he he naturally wanted to use this time to create something because that's what he does. And he kind of came to me and said, "Oh, do you remember that podcast? Episode, those those ideas that I had? Mm. Um, do you think that we could? Do you think it would work as an online series?" And I think the first conversation was basically just me reassuring you that I thought that it was a good idea and yeah. it would work. And then, and then he was kind of like, "Well, would you would you be willing to be in it?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not doing anything else, and that sounds really fun." And then I don't know. And then it just sort of evolved that I. I, I was kind of like, would well, you want me to help with the sort of logistic side of things? And then
0: mm.
2: we just, it just sort of happened quite organically. I don't think we, he, I don't think Tom ever approached me and was like, I'm doing a series. I'd like you to help me. It was more like he wanted to bounce ideas off somebody. Yeah. Um, and because we've known each other for so long and we've worked together so much and he knows that I'll be honest with him, I think it, it just sort of like organically, then I just kind of helped with literally like working out what medium to use per episode and like have we got two episodes too close together with the same thing and just like logistical stuff like that just another basically just another set of eyes is is what i was doing but pretty pretty well from the beginning actually
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah amazing
0: and obviously there are a lot of logistical elements
1: yeah there's a collection of like phone calls Zoom conversations, WhatsApp conversations where they're finding out information the whole way through the series. And I, the, the idea came from um, S-Town, the podcast. Yeah. Which I loved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Serial and all those like investigative po- uh, podcasts that kind of develop each episode. Mm-hmm. And um, basically I really wanted something like S-Town where you started off on one track and then something else came in and it just completely threw you off track like happens in, in S-Town, they start out investigating this murder, I think it is. And within like episode two, they've solved the case and, they, and you're a bit like, where's it going to go now? Mm-hmm. And then they just follow this completely different story, which is fascinating. And that's kind of what I wanted was starting out with this strange person. They didn't know who she was and then kind of resolving that quite quickly and finding out about that within a couple of episodes. And then something else comes up that's for the characters a lot more interesting, I think. And then they that becomes the sort of focus of it, which which also gives you that feeling I think as an an audience of the characters don't know what's coming next so then you're along for the ride because you feel like oh they don't even know where they're going so so that's kind of what we wanted to create a sort of very realistic oh what's going to happen next we don't even know we're we're making it as we go sort of feel so um it really lent itself to that I think
2: also the kind of the sort of like long lost family and who do you think you are and Tom and I are both from Quite big, sprawling, complicated families. <laughs> yeah. and, and there's we've we've talked endlessly about our like random relatives and their shady pasts. So it <laughs> is something that is like close to both of our hearts yeah, as well. Yeah, so true. Yeah. <laughs> to, like rogue family member that you find out about when you're seventeen, and you're like, she did what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember to- when yeah. Tom, Tom was the first guest on the podcast, actually, like a year ago now, and we talked about, um, basically, every time you go back home to Barry, your dad points out, oh, that's your cousin, oh, that's your second oh, cousin, totally, that's your yeah. auntie's mum, that's your, you know, it's all this big, kind of... Yeah,
1: well, my, my nan was one of <laughs> seven, seven sisters, so mm. obviously, that filters down into lots of relatives, and I don't know most of them, so yeah, it's uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, so what was the biggest challenge with this? Because obviously... You are self-isolating or in lockdown at the minute. And like you said, there's loads of different ways, like all, each episode is shown in a different way, either through uh, Zoom calls or WhatsApp or phone calls. So obviously that brings up its own challenges, but was that mm-hmm. quite freeing as well? To kind yeah, of...
1: I, I mean, weirdly, being in lockdown helped us with the technical challenges, I think, because that was one of the things I was worried about with the podcast was, without much expertise or equipment or anything like that how do I make it sound really professional and really good yeah and almost it sounds really bad but that goes out the window with lockdown because you're like I use what I have
2: yeah and yeah it takes the heat off it doesn't it it, because it's just like you and also because we wanted it to be realistic like people don't have recording studios in their home no like that's just not what it
1: is yeah so it was it kind of and like, like you say, by incorporating that into the story and being, you know, making Caleb not having any equipment and having to do it with what he had, it kind of gave us then license to just not worry about the technical side of things and just mm. focus on the story. Um, and the whole reason for not scripting it and making it improvised was to make that real life feeling even more sort of prominent, because we basically, I wrote a, a plot line ish for each scene, like basically like bits to hit within a scene Mm. and then gave everybody character breakdowns and just told them the history of their character and obviously each character had different elements that I had to leave out and bring in so that they basically they were aware of what their character was aware of
0: Yeah
1: as there were certain things revealed in certain scenes where I didn't necessarily want them to know about what was coming or so yeah so it was a different way of working definitely Mm. And, and especially in our last episode I think we didn't tell Amani what was coming for that exact reason, because I was like, the audience know what's coming, we know what's coming, but Amani doesn't. And I know mm. Amani's cracking, she's such a good um, actress and she's brilliant at improvisation. I knew that she would give us something really exciting and <laughs> completely through Charlie and I, we were, we were yeah. so like, uh, on air. I was ice. terrified, literally yeah.
2: terrified. There's a moment actually in it where I say, do you want me to go? And that is <laughs> really 80% me as an actor being like, can I, please, can I leave? <laughs>
1: yeah, and me as an actor being like, please don't leave me on my own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I think it was, I think that came across mm. in the, the audience reactions I've had have been, you know, they've said it was very uncomfortable to watch, which is great because it was uncomfortable to, to mm. film.
0: <laughs> yeah, I because I texted you yesterday when I finished watching it. And I said, oh, I yeah, that my view, it completely changed my view on Caleb and Kelly's characters, actually. And then it, but I'd flip back as well. It's a weird situation to be in. And with filming all that, did you do it all in sequence or did you do it in a random sequence? Or how did that work?
1: No, it was it was. It was madness, wasn't it? it
2: was- <laughs> the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, I love a good Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, it was we really had to, good. I was just gonna say we had to there, there was a because obviously the very kindly agreed to be a part of it was doing it out of the goodness of their hearts and wanting to be creative. We were very keen to fit it in around everybody's schedules mm. and for it to not feel like people were having to give up. Too much time, mm. because although we will have a lot of time at the moment, it doesn't mean that you should take for granted that people are going to want to just give you hours and hours. So, yeah, we tried to kind of do it. I mean, Tom and I was a slightly different beast because we just did it when worked for us in the order that worked mm. for us. But you know, certainly with like Amani's stuff, we wanted to try and keep that into like one day if possible. Um, I think it ended up being two for her, didn't it? Was it two?
1: It was no one day for my So we. We did the two WhatsApp conversations, which were much more mm. difficult than they look. <laughs> <laughs> they were a challenge. And then the two voice episodes: so my conversation with um, Marie, who played my auntie Julie, who's actually like two or three years older than me, <laughs> um, and then Charlie with her dad, Playboy Paddy, who was she also was
2: actually younger than me.
1: So. There you go. Oh, great, <laughs> So we did the, all of that lot in the first week and then within two days we did everything else. The first day yeah. I did a couple of the introductions for the start of the videos and then the two episodes with Amani back to back. And then the second day I did the stuff with Polly who played my mum. Did the, the emotional episode 10 conversation which was yeah, hilarious because I've still never met Polly. And literally spoke to her on the phone about three minutes before we started filming, and then just rang her and had a big cry and told her I loved her. I
0: haven't spoken to her (laughs)
1: since,
2: and I'll never speak to her again.
1: (laughs) Very strange, Um, and then but really great, you know, really lovely as well. And uh, yeah, and then we, me and Charlie, then did our all of our episodes in sequence, which was hilarious because we were just running around, filming different parts of the house, changing our clothes, like.
2: Literally, like I'm like t- taking my hair down, putting my hair up, putting my glasses on, changing my t-shirts. Tom's like moving around his flat, trying to get Wi-Fi in, like a cupboard in the hallway <laughs> to change up the yeah. background. Like, just we had to keep scheduling in tea breaks. We're so, like, should we just have ten minutes after this one? <laughs> we both need to go to the loo and have a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but good, oh.
1: good fun.
0: there's definitely plot twists i think probably in every single episode but because i think that's the kind of way it works is is cal is reporting on what he finds so every mm-hmm. episode has its point has its meaning like this is i'm logging on today to tell you this or yeah, you know exactly. to show you this but i i was it's funny you mentioned episode 10 i think that's got to be my favorite episode just because it's so emotional. And I think it really resonates with a lot of people at the minute, yeah. um, with everything that's going on. And, and did you expect it to become so emotional? Not just that episode, but the sort of the whole series altogether.
1: Um, yeah, I think I did. I think it was important for me, for him, for him to have such an interest in his mum's past and to really want to know about what happened to her when she was younger. I really wanted them it's really weird because I wanted them to have a close relationship. And so I I thought it was really important. I put that episode in there because the whole series is about the mum and you haven't really seen the mum very much Mm. by that point. Yeah. On purpose because if again, like I say, if you see the mum, you would just ask the mum what the story is and (laughs) not find it out bit by bit. So it was important for me to sort of get the audience to see the mum again and to remind them, oh, this is the person where we're every episode is about, effectively. Yeah. Um, and see that relationship between them that they're so close and the reason why he really wants to find out about her past and for her to be sort of happy and if there were secrets for her to be able to let them go. And I think also the added element of, you know, if she is ill, he doesn't know how it's going to go. He doesn't know how, she, he doesn't know she's going to get better. Yeah. Uh, you know when she starts getting ill. Yeah, it was. I, I kind of, I, I did expect him to get emotional. I think.
2: I certainly, uh, having worked with Tom many, many, many times, <laughs> mind Like l- l- honestly, he he can't he can't make it through the first ten minutes of up. <laughs> there was no there was no way. Yeah, that this was not going to be, particularly the way that it was set up and the way that episode ten was. Because also, I think what i really loved about episode 10 was that you've you've heard all this stuff about this woman and you might be as an audience making a judgment on her and it might feel like some of the choices that she's made have been callous or mm. um unkind and you you actually get to see the the woman making those choices in that episode mm. and i think it is that it's that classic thing of you can you can hear a story about somebody but until you've actually been in their shoes and seen it mm. from their perspective, it's very easy to pass judgment, but you really shouldn't. Yeah. And and I I just, like knowing Tom and knowing the content, I knew that it was gonna be a, it was gonna be a sob fest.
1: Yeah. It was a sob fest, it really was.
2: <laughs> and what was the
0: response from your audience, but also the actors who worked with you, have they said anything? Because obviously, like you said, they only know little pieces of the story. Hmm. Uh,
1: what's that been like? Um, it's been great. I mean, I haven't had that much communication with the actors, really do like I think they were all really happy with what happened and they were happy with what they did and they've all, I think, liked it. Um, yeah. The response from, I mean, our families have been very on board, which has been really nice. And my friends from school actually are the most hilarious bunch. So they, they'll probably be watching this, which is hilarious. They, <laughs> I, I, I sent the first episode out on our like, we've got like a little WhatsApp group um Just being like, I've, I've made a series. Here's the first episode. Yeah, and I never expect them to get so on board. Every day they've been like,
2: Oh no, what's going to happen
1: next? Really <laughs> cute. So, um so yeah. So I've been sending that separately to them every day, and they've been great. And yeah, just random messages. I've got random messages from people who I think it's most enjoyable for people who don't necessarily know who we are, because mm. it's meant to feel real. Mm. And if you don't know us, then it you can almost make it real in your head and i've had messages from people on on instagram and, and twitter and things saying is this a real story which obviously is not but it's great that people feel like it is yeah their predictions for things and the like predictions you said have been, the predictions have been hilarious
2: really good some some i don't know where they've come
1: from <laughs> oh, <Like> yeah. <laughs> ones. yeah same but i think that um like you were saying, days. The, the interesting thing for me is how people react differently mm. to the same thing. Like some people mm. watched that last episode and were like, "Oh, Joe's character was really rude and not very nice to them." And then other people, like you, have that thing of, "Did Kelly and Cal do the right thing?" And mm. uh, like feel sympathy for her. And somebody somebody tweeted yesterday saying. I think her reaction was completely justified. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, me too. Me too. Great. He was like, yeah. meddling, meddling journalist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, journalists, you tend mm. to meddle. This is true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how people have, have given different reactions. Mm. I think that's, that's fun.
0: You know, how do you feel about it now, it now it's finished?
1: Weirdly, I, about a week after we finished filming, actually it actually, was probably the day that we were releasing it. Mm. And I thought how weird it is that we created a whole project with six of us, six different actors, and we'd never been in the same room. We'd never seen each other, never communicated with each other. Mm. Like We'd had meetings over Zoom to get it together and filmed it all, and, and I'd never left my flat. And that was a yeah. really weird feeling because I've never worked on a project before where I've never left my flat. Mm. It, that, was, that was a really weird realisation for me.
0: Yeah, and how did you find Polly, actually? Because you've never met Polly, you've never worked with Polly at all. So how did she find out about the project and get involved?
1: Uh, so I put a, a shout out to anybody, because weirdly I had a real uh, gap in the actors that I knew um, of that age and gender. Like I didn't know any female actors personally between like late 30s and mid fifty. well, late 50s, mm. but because it had to be quite a specific age because of the story, she had to be a very young mum. So I needed somebody who was sort of in their early 50s and, that, and I, just didn't, I just didn't know anybody personally to call on. So I put out a, a message saying, does anybody know anyone? I got a message back from somebody um, who I worked with at the Sherman actually, um, who said, this person's really great. You should, you should speak to her. So I did contacted her agent and spoke through that and she was up for it so amazing yeah I'd never seen anything she'd done I just trusted other people's opinions and luckily she was absolutely great so that was it was like that was like
2: a real casting wasn't it (laughs) it was like a genuine (laughs) like real because every because everybody else were people that either one of us had worked with before and but Polly was like a real like an actual casting Mm. yeah
0: well You've definitely left it, I think, on a bit of a cliffhanger. Like you said, you've got people talking. Like and there's such, I think there is such a clash of views on that last episode mm-hmm. of people responding. So do you guys have any plans to potentially do any other episodes or like a second series?
1: Well, I mean, there are no plans at present, but who knows? Don't say never. Saying ever. Like we might, we might make a, separate, a second series, but maybe it might be something different though. Maybe it might be a podcast or maybe it might mm. be, you know, something in a different form that's slightly follows a different story. Who knows, I'd, I'd, yeah. who knows? I
2: guess in some respect, it's kind of depends like how much longer lockdown lasts, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Give it a week, you'll be yeah. bored again. it's like, oh, exactly. I gotta do something. <laughs> exactly, the relief of it being like done and dusted and like it's all out into the world will fade. And then yeah. yeah, we'll need to do something else. Mm. So I finished all of
0: my podcasts with my guests finishing three sentences. So I thought this okay. might be something fun you both can do. Okay. Um, so let's give it a go. So the first
2: sentence is creating in lockdown means.
1: Ooh.
2: For me, the end of that sentence is loving the project because it's a very strange thing with this lockdown where you have a lot of free time, and you feel like anything to do would be a great thing to do, but there's also a real feeling of lethargy that, come, that I found with this lockdown personally. And so for me, in order to create something, it has to be something I'm passionate about. Otherwise, the impetus to do it just isn't there.
1: Yeah. That's a great answer. <laughs> I think, for me, creating in lockdown means getting projects done that haven't been done in the past. I'm a real stickler, I'm really bad for having ideas and not following them through. Yeah. Like, I've got so many things that I want to do and I've got written down in a book and, like, I'm always like, oh, I need to do that, I need to do that. And I just, life gets in the way. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, being stuck in this house, now's the time. Now's the time to get stuff done, being productive and doing the things that I didn't do outside of lockdown.
0: Yeah awesome okay the second sentence is i love my job because
1: Hmm. Oh, i'm gonna say i love my job because of the people i think that the the sides you get to explore with people and the relationships you get to explore are all really fun and also the people who get to watch it like telling Mm -hmm. the story like not just the people who are who you're working with i i love I love the responses we get. I love the fact that people have messaged saying that was really fun.
2: Yeah. What about you Charlie? That's that's that is exactly what I was going to say. So <laughs> I'm going to answer with the other the other reason I love my job which is slightly more selfish. But I love my job because of the escape element, particularly at the moment because it's this situation, I think particularly not particularly that's incredibly that's a ridiculous thing to say, but for creative people, this is quite a tough time. Our industry has been really smashed and will be really smashed for a very long time. And the fear when you've put so much work and effort into your career over so much time. And th- the thought that like, we might not work now till 2021 is just sort of horrifying yeah. and to get to, to, get to escape that reality doing something creative is sort of the best option really. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And the last question is, I'm happiest when. Not very often at the moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I I think I can I think I have an answer to this. Like I knew this all along. This is not this is not news to me, but Mm -hmm. lockdown has definitely brought it home i am happiest when i am all with people i love and it's it's really funny as well i don't know if you two have found this but this situation has there are people that i would normally speak to maybe once a month that i'm now talking to three times a week because you okay. just you just need the people who you sort of normally take for granted who are just gonna be there whenever you need them and you can like do a fun thing like oh yeah we'll plan that in in the future those are the people that I've been talking to really regularly and it's made me realize that I'm definitely happiest when I'm talking to or surrounded by or doing things for
1: the people that I love for sure
0: yeah definitely Tom
1: that that would have been my answer as well well oh my god babe we're so the same (laughs) we are we're so in sync um yeah I mean I think weirdly, I, I I've been really torn in lockdown because part of me is happiest when I, I love travelling and I think it's really hit home to me that I thought I was happy I I thought I was happiest when I was travelling and doing out of the ordinary stuff. Yeah. But actually, there have been times in this lockdown where I've been like, I'm so grateful for my home, I'm so grateful for mm having some sort of stability in that sense. And so actually, I, I actually think I'm happiest when I'm able to sort of be in my own little nook and having me time, which I didn't think before, like the almost the opposite of you, Charlie. <laughs> um, it's been quite enlightening to know that I can take time on my own and it's all right.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, both of you, for taking time Thank out. Thank you. Yes. It's been fun. Thank you so much to Tom and Charlotte for joining me for this special episode of Have Another Cuppa. If you'd like to watch Ellipsis, it is available now on YouTube. I've put the link in the comments below. I highly recommend that you watch it. It's really fantastic. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to like, rate and subscribe and share with all your friends. We have 15 more episodes for you to catch up on, including our original episode with Tom Blumberg. I'll be back again next week with a brand new guest. But until then, I hope you all have a lovely week. Bye. Have another cup. It is brought to you by Daisy Williams. Music by Joshua David Bartholomew. Artwork by G. Lillian. Illustration. <laughs>